Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought a podcast on a mission to equip you with all the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, a registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'll be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. Food and cooking over the years has become so much more exciting and interest has exploded in this area. The last year has perhaps seen us cooking at home more than ever. And there can become a time though that we reach a limit and inspiration may come to a standstill. But There is always so much to love about food and the endless creativity that can come with it. This week's Food for Thought sees two-star Michelin chef Michelle Rue Jr. and I explore what it takes to reach the top of your profession, his career thus far, and what is still to come. Hello, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Wow. I will say that the reason that we've actually been able to get to a conversation today, and I've been so lucky to get you on the podcast, is because my stepfather visited your restaurant (laughs) and had had some bizarre conversation around a cheese board, which was quite entertaining. (laughs) You must get all sorts of customers visit you, I'm sure. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we've been open 53 years now at uh, Le Gavroche restaurant. And um, uh, yeah, yes, we've we've certainly seen you know, all all walks of life, which is the way it should be in a restaurant. Um, you know, so you, you, yeah, we, we get our fair smattering of, uh, you know, billionaires, millionaires and, you know, superstars, megastars, sporting stars, wow. royalty, you name it. But we also get uh, lots of people who, who just come for a special occasion uh, and, and, and people who just want to experience, have a wonderful experience because it's not just about the food, it's also the experience. And let's not forget the amazing cheese board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for everyone listening, um, it was about the cheese board, the discussion that arose, but I won't, I won't embarrass my stepdad on, on the podcast. So <laughs> let's discuss cooking then. This is your forte and it's definitely become more popular, I would say, over the decades. And do you see this this continuing or do you think the ease of the takeaways and perhaps the pre-cooked ready meals are taking over now? Uh, 
Um, gosh, no, I, I don't think so. I think we always uh, we will always want to go out to eat um, and to celebrate an occasion or to meet up with friends. Obviously, the past eight months has been slightly different, um, and we you know we, we have to curtail the amount of time we spend socialising, uh, which is understandable because of this pandemic. But I think you know we we. We are sociable beings. We, we, we like to be in company of other people. Um, and, and for me, dining out, uh, eating in a restaurant, uh, you know, soaking up that wonderful atmosphere and, mm. and the theatre as well of the service and the beautiful artistry on the plates, you know, is, is something special. So I don't think the restaurant will ever die. Um, and it has evolved over the years as well. The restaurant has, you know, the whole way we dine out. But um, so, no, no, I, I think that, and I also think that there will always be a place for destination or fine dining restaurants as well mm. um, for, you know, people, an occasion to, to get dressed up, um, something to look forward to, uh, something to celebrate. So, no, no, I, I think the restaurant will live on, although, well, we've seen a lot of restaurants um, close their doors permanently, sadly, due to the pandemic and all the restrictions. Um, but I, I still, you know, I, I, I'm I ever the op optimist, optimist, and um, I do think yeah. that restaurants will carry on, and, and we will we will still be around in years to come. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because I love going out for dinner. It's one or lunch or breakfast, to be honest, mm. Michelle. Um, it's, <laughs> I'll do all three meals out if, if I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I suppose the question that all our listeners would want to know, I guess, to start the conversation fully, would be. Was it following in the footsteps of your father that was something, is it just something you knew would always happen to you, that you would always do? I, I think so. I mean, I was almost born in a kitchen, and, and that's truth. Uh, mm -hmm. My uh, mother was helping my father in a professional kitchen um, when she went into labour. So I, I very nearly popped wow. out. Yeah, this is true. I very nearly popped out uh, on, on day one um, in, in a professional kitchen. I was, so my mum was, was rushed to Pembury Hospital back in, uh, in 1960 and um, stayed one night in hospital. So from day two of my life, I, I was in a professional kitchen because they didn't have any help or you know, family to look after me or whatever. It, it was just wow. uh, back in the kitchen. Um, so... Yeah, as a, as a child growing up, um, I was always in the kitchen with dad. Um, I was given you know bits of pastry to play with instead of plasticine and uh, pots and pans. And so, you know, I, I, I've always, always been there and, and I've always enjoyed that. Um, and when I got to school leaving age 16, I didn't want to go to college, didn't want to go into further education. I wanted to work. Uh, and I wanted to work in the hospitality industry and uh, especially as a chef. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it wasn't forced upon me. And uh, I, I just saw it as, a, you know, as a, uh, a very natural path for me to take. Yeah, no, I'm sure it must have been. And would you say, so obviously you were pretty much born in the kitchen, like you said. Mm. And was it also a love of food or was it more the, create, the creation of food, I suppose? Oh. It, yeah, that, that's that's a really interesting point and a, a great question because um, for me, I think it was more about the ingredients and and the, the creation of dishes rather than the artistry or all of that. If if, if you see what I mean, because mm. as a young child, I, I used to follow dad. I used to go with dad to um, forage, so pick mushrooms, pick wild herbs, 
chestnuts, wild strawberries. We used to go and catch crayfish in the chalk streams. We used to go fishing and, mm. and eat the fish that we caught, much to the chagrin of the local anglers. They used to tut tut. <laughs> and get those blinking foreigners, look at them. They're not only fishing in our <laughs> rivers, but they're also eating our fish. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, but it was wonderful fun. We used to go as well. I used to go shooting with dad, although I never used to shoot, obviously, because I was a child, but, mm. but, um, uh, and catch, uh, catch wild rabbit as well, ferreting. Um, so it was a very much an outdoor life, but it was also, you know, in tune with nature. Um, and and seeing all these wonderful ingredients being transformed into f- delicious food, and so so you know that 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 is what really intrigued me, and still does. I still love doing that. I find that completely fascinating. The fact that you were so connected, actually, with nature, because I think when it comes to food, I mean, I'm a nutritionist, but I think the the appreciation mm. really comes when you're able to connect with it. Um, I guess you saw the circle of life and, and you genuinely knew where food came from, because I think there is a problem today where food is put on our plates, but a lot of people don't really know the source, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, and I, I think it is, it's bordering on criminal, not teaching mm. our children where their food comes from um, and uh, yeah i mean i mean for instance you know my, my dad reared uh, pigeons reared uh, rabbits uh, for the table uh, so he also had a garden as well so we used to grow a lot of stuff and i used to help him in the garden but you know nowadays some some kids i, I see don't don't know where any any food item comes from they're just presented with a slab of say chicken breast in a you know in a polystyrene packet and and eat it and have no idea what it is or where it comes from yeah and i think that's really interesting because obviously we don't judge any food choice regardless of what people want to make but i think it's so much easier to make a choice if it's an informed one if you do have that full understanding and one of the the worrying things for me is the lack of understanding even on fruit and vegetables of Mm. of where fruit and veg comes from i used to go into schools michelle and do some educational talks for the children and one thing that i've probably mentioned on this podcast before um that i remember clearly is talking about tomatoes and one child being like but that comes from ketchup and i yeah i know and it just it really does make you quite sad it's a bit of grievance i feel in a way with the connection to food but i guess there's some of the best lessons would you say you learned from your dad and and your uncle absolutely and you know respecting uh food uh respecting animals uh and and well and and foraging i mean you look now foraging is really (laughs) seen as a uh, as a de rigueur on on, on menus uh, and chefs you know like to put wild this and forage this and and, and it's almost become like a, a fad um, you know it, it's become customary on all menus and chefs they're doing it all the time they allegedly um, hmm. but but for for me it was a way of life it, it was it was quite normal and natural to do that and to understand seasons to go out and you know we even used to go and gather snails as well i mean you can imagine <laughs> you can imagine the neighbors in kent seeing this the rue family wandering around in the rain to pick to gather snails <laughs> and, and they were delicious <laughs> <laughs> that's it you know you're right because i guess it's just not that's not part of or perhaps it was once upon a time part of British culture, but I just feel that, yeah, we have lost the connection. And I guess you've traveled. So I, I suppose traveling abroad to learn your trade as well, and then mm. bringing it back to London, that must have been quite an experience as well. 
Yes, absolutely. And I, I think this is one of the great things about the hospitality industry, whether you're working in the kitchen or front of house, I mean, or, or, or anywhere, you know, pastry or, or as a sommelier or you know, anything in the hospitality industry, you can travel the world. Um, and that's what's you know fantastic, I think. Uh, and I, I worked in Hong Kong for six months, but I also worked in France, obviously, and, 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 and travel. You know, there are restaurants and hotels everywhere in all mm. corners of the world. Uh, and you, could, you can literally travel the world by working in our industry and, and, and glean all those wonderful experiences. And, uh, and, and it makes you better and stronger. And then you come back and you can use that experience. And, uh, you know, I, I recommend all young chefs and all young waiters to travel the world when they're young uh, and, and just go out there and you know, have these wonderful experiences. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the difference, I suppose, in, in Hong Kong, let's compare, you, you mentioned Hong Kong mm. to perhaps working in, in the UK. Are they poles apart? Are there some similarities there? Or is it, is it all oh, about the ingredients? It, for, <laughs> for me, it, it was an, a, you know, a huge eye opener. I went out there and worked in, uh, 90, I think it was 1984, 83 or 84. Um, mm. And it, it was just a massive, massive eye opener. Um, uh, so ingredients, seeing seeing live fish being delivered you know to the restaurants which i hadn't seen before different species of fish as well um and the way the way they cooked as well so steaming whole fish and then putting you know burning hot oil on it so completely contrary to what i had learned um in in french classic cuisine so it, it really was an, an extraordinary experience and um one that I will never forget, and and one that I you know I would have loved to do more of. I would I would have loved to stay longer, but uh, but unfortunately I I couldn't. But it is an extraordinary place. Yeah, I love love Hong Kong. It's one of my favourite destinations, foodie destinations. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I, yeah, definitely on my list of places to go. And um, once the pandemic and everything's mm. um a little bit more under control, because I think you've got what. <sighs> people say you've got what it takes but you have the ambition and you have the dedication I suppose and and I'm sure there are so many young budding chefs out there wanting to follow in your footsteps but I guess you have to have those qualities or characteristics rather in order to succeed um gosh yeah I, I suppose so you, you need you, know, you, you need to be you need perseverance you, you need to be a bit of a mm. tough cookie um whether you're working front of house or back of house you know um you need to really have a, a goal and I, I and i suppose you need a, a little stroke of luck as well every now and then um you know you need a few doors to be opened for you as well and that and i think it's you know a little bit of advice that i always give to youngsters is never to give up but also uh, to try and find a mentor find somebody in the business who's got a, got the experience and can guide you can can be there when you need them so even if it's just a text or a you know a quick phone call um to this mentor say look what do you think can, can i can i bend your ear you know and, and it only takes a minute or two and uh, and and they can guide you and help you and i think that's so important and so i you know i say this to youngsters who start in the business but i also say this to uh, people who are in the business of my age or, or maybe a bit younger, but have got the experience to take time to mentor younger chefs or younger waiters. And it doesn't take time. You know, it takes maybe 10 minutes of, of, yeah. of your time, your personal time. So what? But it really, really does help. 
um, and it can and it can inspire you know the, the next generation and that's so important oh really wise words it's something i think in all industries actually having a mentor mm. is is something that's so useful i think it's also quite good for mental resilience just to have somebody to to thrash ideas around with or just discuss any inner doubts otherwise that you can internalize things i think and they can become absolutely they're not bigger problems can't they than they are yeah absolutely i mean I, i've got quite a few uh, young chefs and uh, youngsters in the business that that will just drop me a text and um you know i've shared my my personal details with them because i you know i think that it's right um i've got winners of past winners of master chef for example mm. um and and past members of staff apprentices and i've always said to them just drop me a line drop me a text i'm always here and uh, and you know a lot of them do and sometimes it's yeah. just it's just very very simple questions to, you know that just not how to cook a souffle but should i what do you think should i be doing this now or should i take up this offer and i'm always there and i think it, you know that is important everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month that's better help h e l p one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Yeah, and no, that that's really lovely, a true um, you know, good good bout of character there as well and I, I guess but as well as being a mentor yourself you must feel a certain level of pressure you've you've done you know you've got the tv work you've got the gavroche to run is there a constant expectation of you to deliver something new all the time how would you describe the pressures you feel yeah I, it's um hmm <laughs> it is it is difficult that there are there are days that are uh you know relatively easy and there are other days where it's incredibly tough and pressured i suppose yes it it, it is difficult and uh, it it is a high pressure job but it's one that that i really love and i don't see it as a job i see it more as a you know it, it it's life for me uh i i've not known any other life and i i really don't want to go and experience another life there's so much um so much enjoyment out of what i do on a on a daily basis and um uh gosh i suppose what keeps me going is, is you know walking into the kitchens and and seeing all the wonderful produce but but more than that it's it's seeing all these wonderful uh young 
you know, enthusiastic hmm. uh, mem members of the team that I have, you know, be it front of house, back of house, and 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 to see them grow up with you know with me, uh, and hmm. and a lot of them have. If you if you know, if you take my executive chef for example, Rachel at Le Gavroche, she started as an apprentice many 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 years ago, oh. uh, and and is now you know runs the show. Um, uh, so you know it's we've grown up together in many respects. Hmm. Um, and and she's just one of many. Uh, even our you know our, our steward or kitchen porter, he's been in the with us for twenty eight years. Uh, so you know it it's it is incredible. It's it's a very and I, I think you know also that that is the difference between a family run business and independent uh, restaurant uh, mm -hmm. to other businesses as well. That's diff different. Yeah. There's a different feeling to that. It's like a family, and I think that's that's the really lovely thing. I think that's also quite inspirational for people listening because you can literally start anywhere, and you can learn the skills. And I guess mm. the flair to cook will follow. It it's obviously just so important to get your foot in the door, I suppose, and just work at it, which is a, a great tip. But in terms of how you keep on top of your game, now I work with lots of clients in different high pressured roles and I, I would take a guess that the stress that you sometimes experience in the kitchen or even out of it is, is quite high, Michelle. And mm. um, I'm sure you're being very modest, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of pressure there. Are you into your fitness at all? Are you a believer in good nutrition? How do you keep mm. on top of it? Now that, that's, uh, yeah, that's key to me is um, sport. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, I think it's well known that I, I, I've run a lot of marathons. I, I used to run a lot of marathons, probably too many for my knees. At least my knees are feeling it now, which is oh. which is not good. Um, but that's an, that's another <laughs> that, that's that's by the by. Um, for me, physical exercise is key. Key to physical fitness, of course, uh, but also more importantly, mental health. Um, and uh, I, I, I discovered discovered that uh, when my daughter was born, uh, so thirty years ago. I used to run, but but really you know, once a week, every now and then. Uh, but I used to smoke like a chimney and, and probably drink too much alcohol and coffee, uh, as most chefs mm -hmm. do. <laughs> um, but my I, I was I, I had restless nights, didn't sleep well. I suffered from absolutely awful migraines. I mean, really, really terrible migraines. Um, and, and I was just, I was just a, a, not a very nice person. Um, and I, I got back into my fitness when I started, uh, when, when, I, when I gave up the cigarettes when my daughter was born. Um, and, and very soon I realized that actually this was not just doing my physical health good, but doing my mental health good. Uh, and the migraines disappeared very shortly after that. Um, I slept so much better, uh, which meant that I felt better during the day. Uh, I've also realized that I was making decisions quicker and better decisions. Um, so I, it, it was it was very soon after that that I realized all of this. So what I would say is, is to everyone, um, physical exercise is is important to your daily routine. Now, you don't have to be as extreme as me and run marathons, mm -hmm. no. But 20 minutes a day of, to yourself, just get rid of the phone, go and do some physical exercise. And, and by physical exercise, it could be just a very, very brisk walk, getting the heart beating, 
starting to build up a little bit of a sweat um, and that is enough but at least it refreshes your mind uh, and you will feel so much better for it and you can solve problems you can you can clear your mind and solve problems as well whilst you're doing that it's not wasted time you know because you get people who will say you know oh i can't do that it's a waste of time uh, i've got bed i've got other things to do more important mm. no it's not time that you've wasted it's actually time that you have maybe cleared your mind maybe you have actually solved a problem at work whilst you're doing that or quite simply by clearing your mind you have come back with a clear mind and able to solve the solve the problems that you wanted to, that you wanted to solve so yeah. it really is it is so important and it is something that i do religiously uh and uh you know it is a part of my of my regime and part of my daily life that's wonderful wonderful to hear because i feel like we've almost got a problem in in the uk where we've got this attitude that you, you described there that we just don't have time to invest in ourselves and even mm. when it comes to taking you know the clients i work with michelle taking lunch breaks or we just don't seem to allow ourselves any bit of respite especially if you're, you're, you're a parent and you're running a business and yeah. if you don't invest in yourself quite rightly the productivity and the levels you can then put back out it's going to struggle so it is now there's another thing as well to add to this especially mm. with the pandemic is that we've been told to work from home and more and more people are working from home which I actually think is not a bad thing mm. um, but when you are working from home very soon if, if you're not careful you become a slave to your job. Yes. Uh, by that, I mean that your computer is always on. You will clock in uh, early doors. You will be online for most of the day, and then your computer's still on at night time, uh, and and you feel as if you have to carry on working. Um, and and other and, and that, you know, going to work there is a routine. It might be a nine till five, or it might be you know it doesn't really matter. But there is a routine. If you're working from home, that routine very soon, if you're not careful, can slip uh, and become, you know, a 24-7. And that's bad. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've definitely seen that happen to myself a little bit sometimes working from home. It's running a business, doing all this and having your child, but being at home, there is no kind of breaks. So I really have to be careful mm, with myself. You have, not, you have to yeah. set rules. Yes, you do. Exactly. And I'm sure... <laughs> Well, I mean, but how how would you say for people at home listening, they're probably like, but Michelle, how do I even factor in time to cook? Because cooking takes too much time. Um, <laughs> what would be the ultimate tip for our listeners in order to get in the kitchen and make something delicious? I guess that's the golden question, isn't it? Yeah, it, that's that is the golden question, and and of course, yeah, I mean, it can cooking can take time um especially the more elaborate dishes mm. uh, but but you can cook fresh from scratch quite quickly um but you've just got to be well organized and uh, that that's and, and the knowledge of course is key um but you know that i think for people who are maybe a little bit wary about you know cooking uh, and not confident uh, there are some fantastic boxes of pre-prepared uh, ingredients uh, that you can buy and that, can, mm. that are delivered and I think they're a great step uh, so they come in kit form uh, with very clear instructions so you can build a meal and cook a meal from scratch but everything is pre-prepared so the vegetables are diced up for you or whatever and and uh, and then that builds up your confidence and then you can then you know work on work from there and then then build up your own your own repertoire as it were but 
You know, I, I think it doesn't have to be complicated or complex, just beautiful, yeah. fresh ingredients, um, you know, not messed around with too much. Uh, and aim, you know, don't don't aim for your Michelin starred kind of <laughs> dishes, just aim for proper, good, wholesome food. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with proper good wholesome food. And I guess um, that goes back to, you know, we spoke about educating children from an early age and where food comes from. But mm. I would just love to see so much more. I mean, for me, the dream would be that everybody got a nutritional education um, from a yes. young age, but also cooking, because I think they're both such foundations for ha enabling you to have a healthy lifestyle. I feel it's it's not really everybody's fault or there's no blame to point it's just we've we've just lost that somehow along the years yeah i couldn't agree more i, th I think uh, basic cooking skills should be taught at school should be part of the curriculum um and nutrition as well mm. and and that is so so important um it, it's not being taught at home uh, for for whatever reasons um you know now is not probably not the time to discuss it but but it should most definitely be taught at school and, and part of the curriculum a hundred percent so before we take questions from our listeners for you michelle today i just want to ask i mean you you've got books your tv show appearances you know managing the restaurant now you've got the pandemic what else do you have in the pipeline really for i guess 2021 there must be so many things hopefully pending for you yeah yeah well um quite a few tv shows uh, that, that have, were supposed to be filmed uh but have been postponed and pushed back pushed back pushed back so so yeah there's there's two tv shows that um that will be filmed hopefully touchwood um, if if we can, one of them a, a travelogue uh, traveling south of France, which is oh, um, a particular ow. part of France which I love, uh, and and my wife comes from the south of France as well, so mm. so that 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 should be fun, um, and um, yeah, just just trying to make sure that that we can carry on business as as usual or as much as we can anyway, and. Uh, yeah, yeah just more of the same i think <laughs> more more of the same but the south of france yeah one of my favorite places too that sounds absolutely beautiful so we do have questions from our listeners for you michelle so mm. i'll try and pick ones that i think um we haven't kind of touched on already like a toby has, that's a good one toby has said um cooking i'm okay at but baking and pastry i'm not any advice? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't say how good you actually are, Toby. But what would be your tips there, Michelle? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually you know that's a common one because I, I always find that people that there are some people who are exceptionally good at baking, um, and others which are exceptionally good you know in the kitchen, uh, and that is the same in professional kitchens. There are mm -hmm. some people who are exceptionally good pastry chefs uh, and our absolute pants at you know the, the rest and vice versa um so i wouldn't i wouldn't get worried too much about it but if he's good at baking maybe he can look at savory cakes and savory bakes of which there are many uh mm. so you know uh, so a, a you know a savory uh, cake for example uh, works really well or different styles of breads with lots of goodies inside so you know garlic breads or chorizo breads and things like that oh, uh, yeah. so yeah that, that would be particularly good yeah. Uh, so yeah I wouldn't worry too much about it I mean <laughs> you know, otherwise just get a, a decent book uh, yeah. you know I, I've done a few you know, yeah, a shameless, a a few. shameless <laughs> plug <laughs> 
<laughs> no, and as that leads me on to a question from Ursula. And of course, yes, Michelle's books are fabulous. But Ursula wants to know, if you weren't a chef, what profession would you have gone into? Oh, gosh, that's a very difficult one. Because I mean, I mean, I'm, as I said earlier, I, I you know, I, I can't really see myself doing anything other than being in the hospitality industry. Um, but um, but my, my passion is for distance running. Uh, and uh, may maybe in another life, I would have given Mo Farah a run for his money. <laughs> I love that. There we go. It's funny because my, my other client, Ronnie, also loves running, and he's a snooker player, Ronnie O'Sullivan. And he, oh, yeah. Um, it, yeah, you're both um, top of your game, literally. And you're both. Yeah, he loves running. his food as well and loves oh, his cooking. He does he does he's, he makes a good curry michelle gives you a run for your money actually in the kitchen <laughs> um right that does lead me on to our fact or fiction round if you could answer to put you on the spot in the morning fact or fiction to the following are you ready yeah go on <laughs> here we go um planning your meals always makes them better well that's a fact it's got to be <laughs> The way the five tastes interact is crucial to making food taste delicious. That's definitely a fact. I love that. Could you just expand very quickly? I'm just going to break the fact of fiction around into <laughs> what, what, these, what we mean by five tastes. <laughs> uh, sweet, sour, uh, bitter, uh, saltiness and umami. There we go. Um, well done. So they... they <laughs> They do all interact, and it, and and it's it's very very important to get the balance right. Um, and I would say that probably the most important one for me would be the acidity, um, mm -hmm. and it can liven up any dish. So a little squeeze of lemon juice or a little drop of vinegar uh, in any dish will will liven it up, will bring out the flavours. Oh, I love it. MasterChef is coming our way for all our listeners, right? <laughs> Let, let's continue our round. The way you dress the plate can transform your experience. Um, gosh. Well, it is fact, but it, but but I I would say that I'm I'm far more interested in how it tastes than how it looks. Love that. Microwaves are not good for cooking food in. Oh, well, that's uh, definite. I, I, well, well, actually, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I, I would say that that's probably fact. But uh, popcorn's all right in microwave. <laughs> Love, it. Love a bit of popcorn. Um, the utensils you use can elevate a dish. Um, gosh, well, a bad workman always blames his tools, doesn't he? So, yeah, uh, that's that's not entirely true. When you cook with alcohol, it all burns off. Oh, well, that's definitely true. Yeah, as soon as you start uh, boiling alcohol, the alcohol content disappears, goes away. So, yeah. Seasoning is imperative. Most definitely. Now, the common mistake, obviously, with, with seasoning um, is that people think seasoning is just salt and pepper. Um, no, far from it. Um, seasoning can be a whole host of other things and related relates to the five tastes. So seasoning could be spice, could be bitterness um, and uh, acidity. So you know, you know, think of seasoning as more than just salt and pepper. Wow. To make a good recipe, it doesn't need to be complicated. That's definitely true. Absolutely. <laughs> a good recipe can have, you know, only two or three ingredients. 
um, you know, the, the humble omelet. Of, you know, yeah, egg, mm. butter, seasoning. Exactly. And then, you know, and, and other ingredients. It could be just, uh, you know, some lovely fresh herbs snipped and put in at the last second. Fabulous. Sleep helps maintain our weight. Hmm. Now, I think that is probably true. I think it's very, sleep is very important. I would hazard a guess that is too. Um, Michelle, that was a brilliant fact or fiction round. So informative. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't mess up on any there, did I? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know, everyone always asks me that and I'm like, you're you're the expert of today's episode. Um, and unfortunately, I'm so sad to say that nearly wraps up the episode, but we do always finish um, with a food for thought, so a take home message. And I'll kickstart um, by saying, I think that even having someone like yourself, Michelle, who is top of their game in their industry, it takes looking after yourself to keep it that way. And as a nutrition health professional, I know the benefits of looking after yourself, like you said, exercise and eating well, staying hydrated. You mentioned as well that you obviously cut out smoking early on and all these changes you've made in your life, I think have probably helped you focus and, and stay stay where you are i suppose in your line of work which is fascinating but also your ambition and i think for every industry dedication and success is not an overnight thing so for all of our listeners just i hope this has really inspired you to get in the kitchen i know i learned a lot there from that fact or fiction round of that seasoning you know seasoning is so much more than just salt or pepper michelle if you could leave our listeners with a take-home message anything a good food for thought what would that be Gosh, well, I think, you know, uh, food for thought. Uh, there is hope on the horizon, and let's not forget that. Um, and I just want to you know, give everyone a big hug one day and Aww. everyone a, a big kiss, uh, and we will be able to do that very soon. Oh, Michelle, ever the eternal optimist. Thank you so much for sharing so many fascinating insights there into your life and the work that you do, your beliefs, and thank you for coming on Food for Thought today. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure that you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And if you have the time to, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review so that we can reach higher highs in the charts. And hopefully that will help us reach more and more people. For more information about my nutrition clinic, the books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please do visit retrition.com. And you can follow me on social media at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.